0: Welcome to the Level Up Artist Podcast. We are your hosts, Adriana Ma and
1: Jackie Sanders. We are two art professionals sharing for the advice and business lessons we have learned along our creative journeys.
0: We talk to artists, leaders, and art professionals to demystify the creative process and discover new ways to succeed as a career-minded artist.
1: If you find value in these conversations, please go ahead and subscribe. This will help other creatives like you find our podcasts and you'll be notified when we drop new episodes every Tuesday. Now with the new year, many people, businesses, and artists are setting goals for the new year, including financial goals, which may mean looking at what you are currently spending in your business. And when you do look at that, you may realize that there are a lot of hidden costs with your business, your art career, that you weren't quite aware of before, and especially in the beginning, when maybe you aren't making a lot of money from selling your work yet, it can feel a little disheartening to just see all of the money you're putting into your business without that potential return yet.
0: <laughs> I know. I feel like for whatever reason, there's this, I don't know, this mindset that art, it's almost as though the materials appear out of nowhere. And it's like, no, you have to pay to play. You have to pay to practice you have to pay to put it in. It doesn't mean you have to spend all the money. You can definitely start small, you know, depending on your budget, but you definitely have to pay in some way, shape or form and invest. Let's call it invest, right? Um, Now, today we want to cover what some of the costs are for the business from a very zoomed out bird's eye view so that you can plan for them and understand what your long-term investment is. So you can evaluate what you need when, which is going to be different from everyone. um, And kind of, able to take a look at it from a short-term versus long-term type of view so we'll go into some examples but just know we're we're going to kind of take a zoomed out look and then kind of go into a little bit more detail
1: yeah and i think it's worth discussing or clarifying too that we're going to focus on the monetary costs in this episode of course when you're spending time or other elements um it's not just all finances with the business Um, but that's what we're going to be covering today. So really breaking it down into main categories of your art practice, how you spend money there, your marketing, um, art products, and inventory, as well as paying for exposure, the dreaded word exposure in the art career, which is needed.
0: Yeah, and that brings us to art practice. So I feel like this is one of the easiest things to think about when you're thinking about investing money or expenses related to your art practice you know what do you normally use panels canvas clay you know recycled materials whatever that looks like to put your art together um something to caution you with this one especially if you're in a tight budget is the idea of being able to use what you absolutely need in order to expand your creative voice and be able to practice but without feeling like you're penny pinching right um Mm -hmm. because then if you are then you're not really going to go all in if all you can think about is oh this practice painting cost me thirty dollars that I don't have right that's not the idea the idea with it is to be able to expand as you go and again it obviously depends where you are in your practice but it is a practice, and we all need to make, not everything's going to work out, so we all need to invest in working on it and figuring it out. So some of the things to think about if you're on the money-conscious side of things, which we all should be anyways, um, is there are hands-on workshops that you can take where materials are provided, and it's a great way to test out new materials You know that you may be curious about before you invest in them and or before you invest in the higher quality versions of them. Um, another one is there are, and we're not sponsored by them, but I'm just going to throw it out there. There are uh, paint manufacturers, for example, like golden acrylic paints that are top shelf, right? They're, they're a higher standard where you might hear some artists recommend, hey, if you're going to invest money, only spend money on the best, right? I'm actually a little bit of a different opinion on that. I'm on the spend on the highest quality that you can, you know, that you can afford, but that also you can use freely without worrying about how much that that one inch dab of paint cost you, right? So for some folks that might mean, okay, golden, I can only afford one two, but the rest of it is Liquitex basics, which is perfectly acceptable. And if that's mm-hmm. what it takes for you to make the canvases that you need, the practice canvases to get to the good stuff. And so be it. Like, we're not talking about dollar store paint, which I highly recommend you stay away from that. Um, We want it to be a good experience with good quality paint, even if it's not top shelf, right? But there, there are a lot of different things. And you can ask artists that are working already in these mediums. And a lot of times they can give you recommendations on, hey, if you're starting out or budget's tight, try X before you go and upgrade to you know the next level but definitely something to think about uh you know while you're while you're figuring out your expenses is there something that perhaps you know is in the budget that actually you don't necessarily need
1: yeah exactly and I think You brought up a great point too with workshops and classes being a great way to get that hands-on experience, especially with a new material, rather than having to deep dive into, okay, I want to start doing like linoleum prints where you have to buy all of the materials and it's a lot of upfront costs just to like three days into it realize, actually, I don't really want to use this in my practice or like, I don't like this as much as I thought I did, but you already invested so much in it. Um, And of course, workshops and classes are an expense in themselves. We do do a deep dive about them in episode 139 about factors to consider when choosing an art workshop, your goals for it, how to pick the correct one, but they can be a great way to really um, expand your creative voice network with other artists, learn a new material, and a lot more other things that we list in that episode. But workshops and classes are a great way to invest in your art practice in a way that's different than physically buying materials. Another thing to think about though, as a career-minded artist, in addition to making artwork, is marketing your artwork. That's a huge part of growing your collector base, getting opportunities, is putting your art art out in the world. Um, Often through one thing we talk about a lot on the web on our podcast is having a website, um, but that of course has expenses within itself so website hosting and building often come with expenses. And there are more expensive or less expensive options. Um, we do have a breakdown of those in our marketing course at levelupartist.com. Um, But very, very generally, typically the scale is typically... The amount of time that you would need upfront to maybe learn the platform versus paying for convenience. Again, it all depends on your skill set, how comfortable you are with coding, um, or if you're paying more of like a turnkey, just drag and drop ready platform. But having one central place for all of your art business to go, where you can direct gallery owners, you can direct collectors, um, you can use it as a portfolio for your work on a respected platform that showcases who you are what you do exhibitions you've had in the past um, as well as the option to have a shop on there as well so people can purchase work from you Um, that's the biggest win is being able to have a place where it's central for your business and kind of a non-negotiable if you're looking to make money from your artwork
0: yeah absolutely and with that another expense option that you just had me think about is Some artists will apply to grants and use that money to pay a website designer. You know, it is an investment after all. So it's completely up to you, but definitely something worth spending money on. You know, the cheapest website with ads all over it. Not a great look when your brand should be the only one on that website. So definitely something to think about, which brings me to newsletters. Same thing. Some of them are blazoned with other logos. So something to think about. Um, We do break down the different platforms in our marketing course. And we do have episodes where we talk about the importance of newsletters. And, you know, we mention a few um, that we're into, but definitely something to think about. Free versus paid. A lot of times you have free up to a certain number of subscribers, and then you have to pay. Actually, some of them you pay off the gate. But know with this, one of the best things about you know newsletters is you can start wherever you want. and if you out if you outgrow what that platform allows, that mailing list belongs to you, right? You're the one that's been collecting it. You can move it to another platform later. So as your business evolves, you don't have to have the most expensive shiny thing, especially if you're just starting out collecting emails for your newsletter where you send your collectors and interested persons about your website, your new artwork, your courses, you know, whatever you're offering, know that you can always upgrade that later. So um, newsletters, it's a catch-all. A lot of people are not on social media regularly, and if they are, algorithm may not show it to them. So it's a much higher chance of people seeing your message your images your artwork through a newsletter than they do through social media so definitely something you want to consider and invest in if necessary um which you will probably eventually have to invest in the more you grow um but we do a deep dive into newsletters on episode 108 so definitely make sure to check that out
1: yeah and I think to kind of round out the trifecta of digital marketing for career-minded artists we have websites, we have newsletters, and then the very popular social media platforms. Um, Many at the time of this recording do not cost anything to start a profile, so they are completely free, which we love when looking at the financial investment of a platform. Um, But you, of course, do have the option of running social media ads as a way to market your business. Um, Also considering the idea of investing in a social media scheduler. There are also free versions as well as paid versions. Um, And we cover all the various platforms in our marketing strategy course online. But um, I typically suggest people start with the free version kind of similar to a newsletter um, because then you'll see the restrictions of the platform evaluate if it's worth investing in the paid version But having a social media schedule can be a great thing to invest in, um, even if it is a bit of a monthly cost. Because if you're uh, disciplined enough to sit down, let's say, every month or at the beginning of every week and schedule out social media content for the upcoming week or the upcoming month, that way you don't have to stress over posting every single day or posting three times a week but you still get the benefit of that content. So you really are opening up space in your brain, essentially, um, that allows you to then invest more time networking, building relationships and making artwork. Because after all, that is what we are as artists. We are artists first. Um, But you still get the benefits of posting consistently without having to have it on a constant mindset every single day. Absolutely,
0: another one is going to be our products um, inventory. So depending who you're doing your art products with, some of them are on demand, but some of them essentially you have to invest. Let's say you wanted mugs, right? With your artwork design on them, You know, some companies, when the person, the customer orders it, they do it at that time and, you know, they take care of it. Um, But other companies, you have to order a minimum quantity. You have to figure out shipping, the printing, the how many are you going to have in your studio or at home and sending them out. Um, Not to deter you from that, you know, there's a time and place and some products are definitely worth the extra work. Um ideally, something that you want to think about is, let's say you do want to carry prints right in your studio, you have mm-hmm. to have enough inventory on hand um, and sell for several times what the production cost is you need to have a profit margin to make it worth your time right of setting them up getting them shipped over and then if you have to ship them, if you have to package them all the things so There's a fine line, too, between having enough inventory and too much. Um, That obviously takes time to learn, especially when you're getting started. The tip we're going to give you is, you know, resist the temptation to overbuy. We've all been there. We've all been like, ooh, I want my art on a mug and a shirt and a print and this hanging thing that I don't even know what it's used for, but it's cool. Like... I want it on everything, you know, maybe try a little bit at a time, especially if they have inventory minimums. Um, Also, if your style is still changing, evolving, and you're on the earlier side of things, I've been guilty of this, you know, buying like this big banner thing, and then six months later... I didn't even feel connected to this because my artwork had changed, right? So careful as you're investing in things. This applies to marketing materials as well. You know, like what are you buying now? What can you buy actually to that will continue to be used later on as well, right? Um, You know, can you just get, craft bags and tissue paper you know there there are some things you can buy that won't change um so as you think about products and the inventory and how you're going to package them those are some easy things to think about you can always elevate the purchase experience for the collector later on down the road anyways Mm -hmm. so you do want to give them a way to carry whatever the item is that you're offering just know you don't have to go all out especially in the beginning especially if you're being budget conscious uh, you don't need that tissue paper that's emblazoned with your logo, especially when you're starting out. Just use the more basic, nice, but basic stuff first. You can always upgrade it later. So
1: yeah. Yeah, there's definitely a <laughs> rabbit yeah. hole of like, well, I want to personalize everything, um, which All to your stuff point, stuff like everything. maybe your style still changing. Maybe you might change your logo down the line. Um, so also when thinking from a brand perspective, <clears throat> of, yeah, rather than having tissue paper with your logo on it that costs like $3 a sheet, you can say, okay, well, this is my like brand color and I can bulk buy this in the same color to where if your palette changes slightly, it's still just regular tissue paper. It's not something that you can like never look at again. Um, Or yeah, having like blank white bags and maybe you order a rubber stamp that you can spend 10 minutes while you're watching a TV show, stamping the bag to personalize it, elevate your experience, but you're not custom ordering like 360 printed bags with your logo on it. I don't know. There's some cool stuff out there and you can get sucked in very easily, but i um, always evaluating. Is this going to be worth the return? Because there are definitely things that are worth investing in as we're talking about on this episode. Um and one of them is often something that can be get a bad rep uh kind of in the art world of doing things for quote unquote exposure. Um but as a career minded artist, that is definitely a part of investments that you make. It's for clarification, not doing work for free or oh, I'm just going to do this cuz it's going to get in front of a lot of people. But exposure costs when it comes to submitting exhibition applications, oftentimes there's a cost with applying to an exhibition or a group show or a juried show. Um, And whether you get into 10 to 20 to 30% of those, those are fees that add up. But the opportunity to be in a group show that is seen by a lot of people, you add to your resume, it's an investment into that growth of your network. Also thinking about your overhead. If you have a public facing studio or in uh, any type of studio space where you pay rent, that's an investment into your business to have collectors be able to come to your space and see your work. Um, Also, there are many galleries where you kind of purchase a shelf space is essentially the equivalent of it, whether you have a certain number of pieces that they have on display. Some places have like different kind of booths within their shop. Um, So those are all ways in which you are paying to get in front of more people, which can be worth it. The ideal outcome of that is, of course, you want more people to see your work and potentially a new audience that's new for you that will buy your work, be your new raving fans, But these are all things to think about of where it makes sense to invest in exposure or where it may make sense to do that down the road, depending on where you are in your art career.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And something else to mention about this is, you know, again, from the budget conscious uh, perspective is if you want to be intentional, right? And this is something that we mentioned throughout the episode and in a lot of episodes, it's like if chances of you getting into this very high-end show that you know you're not necessarily, your artwork is at that level yet, then don't throw money at it, right? Like, if it's like, if you're a portrait artist and this is all very abstract shows, then you're just throwing money away, right? So it's like, even with those things, it might be like, ooh, I'm gonna spend money on it, but make sure it's in alignment, right? Um, Exposure, just random exposure to shows, you got to make sure it's in alignment to where your goals are. Same thing with the public facing, same thing with the gallery. Like, are they in alignment with the type of audience you're trying to attract? Do they have pricing similar to, you know, the pricing that you want to present yourself with? Um, It's very easy to get distracted with, oh, I'm just going to do this just to get more eyeballs. But just getting more eyeballs isn't necessarily the way to do it. It has to be the right kind of eyeballs, the right kind of collectors looking at your stuff. So anyways. Just wanted to throw that out there. But next up, we're going to be talking about the top thing um, we think all artists should invest in financially as career-minded artists. But first, let's put in a quick word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by our Level Up Artist courses. We understand that life as a modern artist can be both exciting and overwhelming. Plus, there's a lot of information out there. So what do visual artists actually
1: need? We've spent countless hours of trial and error weeding through tons of information to find the gold so you don't have to waste your time going down those endless rabbit holes.
0: In addition to weekly calls, we have created video course modules to cover everything from artist documents to exhibition prep, social media to technology, sales strategies, artist mindset, PDF resources, templates, and so much more.
1: Ready to get started? Head on over to LevelUPARTists.com to learn more, get immediate access, and level up your career today. Welcome back, everyone.
0: So when thinking about spending money to make money as an artist in the year, our two top suggestions for career-minded artists should actually come as no surprise. But if you're an avid listening to our podcast, or if you have heard us talk about these before, well, then you've heard some of these, but... Um, One of our top ones, website, especially with a shop, if you can, right? You're the one in control. This is your main, this is your mothership. This is your command center. This is your home on the internet. This is where you choose what your narrative is, how you want to present yourself. You decide, do you show prices? Do you not show prices? Like you get to show, did you get awards? Uh, You know, are you in competitions? Are you in exhibitions? You choose. This is like your own TV channel equivalent. Like you choose everything that goes into it. Um, you're not shown next to quote unquote competitors, which you've heard us. We don't believe in that, but you're not being shown against other artists. You know, there's no change in policy like other websites, like say. Etsy, for example, where even the platform saying, if you like this artist, you may also like and then distracts your potential collector with all these other random people you don't even know about, right? So it's like you are the one, you know, within the website that you get to choose how you present yourself. And on top of that, you get to even have a contact form. If you choose to write and or other ways in which that potential collector or business can get in contact with you and let you know, hey, I love your stuff. Is this available? How do I buy it? Can I do a commission? Can do you do murals? You know, can you come to my space? They have a way to get a hold of you, which is fantastic. Like if they already see it, it's like it's more than a shop window. It's the shop, right? It's, it's literally like them stepping into your virtual studio and you get to show them around and say, Hey, stay a while if you want to. So yeah, we're very passionate about that one. Website, website, website.
1: (laughs) Exactly. And I, I especially think of websites in the way that like, no one can discover you if there's nothing there for them to find. And so you have to have that shop front um, on steroids ready for them to come and just discover if they're looking for you um, or see your work in a group exhibition or see you at a market. Um, You have to have that paper trail for them to look at of, oh, I want to deep dive into everything about them and their work. And they can go on your website. But then the second one being a newsletter. So after someone discovers you, they fall in love with your work. They're your biggest new fan. You want to have a way to where it's not only waiting for them to think about you and your work, but a way for you to consistently reach out to them and tell them about, hey, remember you met me at a market three months ago and I know you love this pottery series. Well, look, I just released this new series. It's coming out next week. Here's links to all the pictures. Of course, that's not the exact verbiage, but that's kind of the mental connection that you are making every time you send that newsletter to people. And a great thing about newsletter platforms is, as of the time of this recording, there are a lot of really great free options that you only pay for as you grow, which is amazing just like the website, you are in control of the narrative and you can turn that one-time connection at an exhibition or at an art market into a future collector. So rather than just being someone where they walked by your booth and they said, oh, this stuff is cool, but maybe budget-wise they didn't have money that weekend. They left their wallet in their car. They were waiting for this big raise at work for them to buy stuff. Now, rather than being like just another artist that they love from afar, you can cultivate that relationship with them to then turn into an original painting sale down the road. Um, And I think the biggest benefit of this is you're intentionally building that relationship. And that really is where those, it feels like they came out of nowhere sales really happen because you're also able to build relationships with people at scale. So whether your newsletter is, five people or 10 people, as it grows to, let's say, 100 people, the process of making a newsletter is the same amount of work for you, whether it's going to 10 people or 100 people. It's just as your newsletter grows, your opportunity for building those relationships grows too. And of course, with all of these suggestions, we want everyone on this um, episode to remember that you do have to spend money to make money. But we want to make sure that you're being conscious and intentional about the money that you are spending and investing into your business because you never want to feel resentful of your art business. So like, why am I putting all this money into it? Or seemingly wasting money on a part of your business to where you might not be ready for it yet. You may not be ready for the top shelf tequila golden paints that you're then terrified of because this costs you like half of the money that you want to spend. And you're like, well, now I'm terrified to make a bad painting. Like Adriana's (laughs) example, you want to make sure that you're putting money in intentionally um, and feeling comfortable with that, as well as understanding what those long-term investments are for your art business down the road.
0: Another thing I would add to that, you know, again, we want to recognize everybody has different budgets, you know, different economic situations, Um, depending on where you live, there's a lot of times you can apply for city or government grants that can also help you with this kind of stuff. So definitely be on the lookout. A lot of them allow you, especially depending on your situation, to apply to actually get art materials. There's also places, at least we have one in our area, we're very lucky, in which people actually bring in used art supplies or art supplies they're no longer using. Sometimes they're brand new and you can get them for pennies on the dollar essentially so definitely be on the lookout do not despair if money's really tight There are ways, you know, you could always ask other artists, hey, do you have anything that you're willing to give away? Or can I trade services? You know, can I help you out with something in exchange for maybe a canvas that I can practice on? There Mm -hmm. are ways, don't give up. You know, I do want to kind of throw that little note out there because I mean, there was a time where I also didn't have much to be able to spend on art materials, and it is what it is, (laughs) especially when I was in college. Ramen noodles, hello different conversation or Um, if you
1: have a potential (laughs) collector who maybe works in like the technology digital marketing world and they love your painting but uh you would love help with building a website you may do an exchange there of hey I want a pretty basic template website with these images and this content I'll exchange this painting for that service so also Mm -hmm. a win-win in that way too
0: Yeah, yeah, there's ways to trade. So definitely keep your eyes open. But if you want more structured guidance as you grow in the new year, um, make sure it's sustainable, scalable, and and on track with your art career. um, We welcome you. We invite you to head on over to levelupartist.com and check out the course modules we've put together for you. But with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap today's conversation. And we hope you enjoyed this episode.
1: As always, our blog will be linked in today's show notes, where you find episode notes and links to all of our other
0: podcast episodes. If you want to stay connected with us in between episodes, share your feedback, or have a question you would like for us to answer on the podcast, you can reach us through social media. Emma Art across all platforms,
1: and I'm at Jay Sanders Studio on all platforms. And if you want to follow the podcast, we are at Level Up Artists on Instagram.
0: As we mentioned throughout the episode, you can visit us at levelupartist.com to get immediate access to templates, resources, and course modules to level up your creative career.
1: Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you next week.